Welcome to the Earth Kingdom Prairie Home Companion, a bi-weekly podcast where two nerds and a newbie watch Avatar The Last Airbender and provide all their thoughts, feelings, and opinions. I'm Kelly. I'm Mike. And I'm JJ. So why don't you guys go ahead and explain what this podcast is and why we're doing it. Basically, it's a way to hold Kelly accountable to make her watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't know, how long How long have you been trying to get Kelly to watch the show, Mike? Um, probably literally since the show began. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that my begging and pleading has long since become white noise to her. <laughs> because I started watching this show, it couldn't have been more than a few episodes into its broadcast. So, wow. like, four or five, yeah, there was a lot of waiting. Yeah, I think, Mike, you're pro- you are definitely the the hipster Avatar fan, I think, of all of us. It's, it's so rare that I am, like, ahead of the curve on cool shit, but yeah, <laughs> I definitely was the first person I knew who watched it. So then, why don't we start with how we got introduced to the show, Mike, you and me. So how did you get introduced to the show? If you were watching it while it was airing, did you just like Um, come across it on your TV and was like, this seems cool? Yeah. um, I mean, I don't remember specifically, but I'm sure that I just had Nickelodeon on and something I was watching ended and the uh, Avatar just came on. And And yeah, from that point on, I was just kind of sucked in. That's cool. Yeah, for me, I actually didn't watch the show until it had ended. Um, I think it, what, it ended in 2008, I think. And I probably didn't watch it until maybe like two or three years after it had ended. Um, And most of my friends all really loved the show. And, you know, they were like doing all sorts of fan art and stuff like that. And I was just kind of like, hmm. And I will admit, I, I was kind of hesitant to start Avatar 2 because it's a Western animated show that is drawing on a lot of Eastern tropes. So it's kind of like, "Mm, I don't know, are they going to do it well? And just, it it all happened to be on Netflix. And so I think I was like home on a long weekend and I was like, I guess I'll just see what the show's all about. And then about a week later, I emerged from the death. (laughs) (laughs) Had to come up for air. Yeah. (laughs) So that's kind of how I got into the show. And Kelly, so explain to us why you've been resisting for so long. (laughs) Well, so you guys have both been um, trying to get me to watch Avatar, among other things. Mike is like my number one pop culture pusher. (laughs) I am her pop culture pusher, man. It's true, and has been. It has been since basically the day we met. I remember uh, Mike and I went to high school together, and we used to... um, we were theater kids, and so there used to be like an hour between when school ended and when theater practice would begin, and he would bring like movies that we would watch. Oh, yeah. On the, that TV like strapped to the rolling, right. uh, you know, it was on like an angle. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we used to, he used to bring like videotapes and cause I don't think there was even DVDs. I mean, there were DVDs back then, but I think those, we had the VCRs attached to the rolling TVs and we would like watch movies. There may um, have even between. been a laser disc on one of them, but I didn't own any. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, so he's my, my pop culture pusher from way back. He's, uh, has an endless list of things that he wants me to read and or watch. <laughs> and I, I usually get around to them eventually. I never get around to them um, on on his timeline. It's true. <laughs> but eventually, after a certain number of years, I'll break down and I will ingest whatever it is that he wants me to ingest, and I'll usually end up loving it. Um, and and likewise, JJ, we we have really similar tastes, and both of you, I usually enjoy the things that you recommend to me. And yet, with Avatar: The Last Airbender. I don't know, guys. I'm just, I'm just not like excited about it. <laughs> which, which, let me, let me, um, you know, qualify that by saying, you know, I'm sure that it, I'm going to eat my words. I'm sure that we'll get to a point in the show where I'll become obsessed, and then you guys will throw it in my face that I was so <laughs> reluctant in the beginning, and that's fine. And you can, you know, go ahead and say I told you so. Although Mike has told me Shit. privately that he is not going to say I told you so. Yeah, you thought I forget about that, huh? I really was hoping. Yeah. He- <laughs> 
he has told me that he would not say I told you so. It was and a so gesture. We'll have to see whether. <laughs> well, Kelly whether, has not held me not, to such promises, so. Yeah, so yeah. JJ can do it for yes. you. I actually said right <laughs> afterwards, I'll just make JJ do it for me. <laughs> So, you know, while I'm sure that that will eventually happen, going into it, I'm just really reluctant. And I don't know that I can really pinpoint um, what makes me reluctant about it, because I guess from everything that I've heard about it, it should kind of be up my alley. But I don't know if it's that it's animated. I don't know if it's that it's directed toward... um, a younger audience, but even, I mean, even that, none of that stuff makes sense because I read YA and children's books and stuff like that all the time. So I don't know. I don't know what it is about Avatar The Last Airbender, but I do know that you guys had to basically like trick me into watching it. (laughs) We're making you do it. We're making you do it publicly. So Mm -hmm. we know you will be watching. (laughs) Yeah. Uh We need a public record of this. Yes. For sure. Yep. Yeah. And just to put myself on the line, because I called Mike out, I have vowed that I will not watch ahead because binge watching is like a really big thing for me. And um, I'm like a Netflix cheater. If if David, my husband and I are watching a show together, I'll always go ahead and watch episodes ahead of him. I'm terrible. I'm terrible. It's awful. (laughs) It's really, really bad. Um, But I have sworn that I will only watch the episodes that we are discussing on the podcast. And so um, we'll see how long it takes me to break that little Mm -hmm. uh, little rule that we have. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty. uh, I'd ballpark it about halfway through season one because that's when, you know, stuff really starts picking up. Yeah, I think for me, it was really, well, I'm not going to spoil or anything but for me i think it was when we get to omashu Mm -hmm. was when i was like yep i'm sucked into it now (laughs) (laughs) your words mean nothing to me Um, (laughs) okay so that's kind of how we came to it so why don't we go ahead and get right into it i am tasked with recapping our episodes mm-hmm. uh, because I'm the person coming to it with a fresh set of eyes. So I'm going to just kind of take us through a recap. And as we arrive at certain points, if you guys have something that you want to add or a thought that you have, then uh, just speak up as I'm going. I've got my whole list of notes here. So All right. why don't we I'll talk be about adding my what thoughts. the episode titles are that we're covering today. Uh, we are doing The Boy in the Iceberg and The Avatar Returns, episodes one and two, which is basically like a two-parter. All right. Well, then take it away, Kelly. Okay. We open with voiceover as Katara explains that in the old days, there was a time of peace between the Water Tribes, Earth Kingdom, Fire Nation, and Air Nomads. But all that changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Why? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Only the Avatar, the master of all four elements, can restore the balance and stop the firebenders. But 100 years ago, he vanished. Katara believes one day he'll come back. So this is like our overview um, voiceover thing. It's kind of introducing us to the mythos, and it happens over kind of this scene of, as she's describing the different nations and the type of bending that they do, they each have their own kind of style of... What looks to my very untrained eye as martial arts. Yes, it's based on martial arts. Yeah, all of them mm-hmm. are individual styles. Yeah. Um, and so it seems, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It sets us up. This is, you know, kind of the situation that used to be these four tribes um, or groups of people lived, you know, in harmony with one another. And then one of them went rogue and decided to annihilate the others. And we don't know why. Um, and we're not going to find out why by the end of these two episodes. <laughs> so hopefully we find that out eventually because I have lots of questions about the Fire Nation and why they attacked. No, nope, they're never going to tell you. It's just going to be a yeah, well, cliffhanger the whole time. This is spoiler free. Don't spoil me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And so from there, we jump into the episode proper. So in the middle of a large body of water dotted with icebergs, we zoom in on Katara and her brother Sokka trying to fish. 
Katara, a waterbender, uses her skill to lift a fish out of the water, but Sokka is ignoring her bids for his attention, and he bursts the water cage that she's made, and the fish escapes. As they bicker, they drift into more treacherous waters, and at the peak of her anger, Katara accidentally raises a giant iceberg from the depths, which begins to glow. Within its center sits a young boy with arrows on his hands and bald head. Katara rushes forward and begins to strike at the iceberg, causing it to crack and release a great shaft of light, which can be seen from far away. Can we just pause for a second real quick? I I just want to throw out, um, I've watched this series plenty of times, and obviously, like, since the beginning, but I still have no idea what Sokka's club thing is. (laughs) The thing that she, like, cracked the iceberg open with. Like, what even is that? I was reading a transcript online, and they described it as a hockey stick spear. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate, actually. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, I, yeah, I had, so this is kind of like our our introduction to Katara, Mm -hmm. right, who's going to be one of our protagonists, Um, and I like her a lot, and um, I like her because she calls her brother sexist. (laughs) And it's a kid's show. In the first ten minutes. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I really love Sokka, too. I should say that Sokka is very much, um, like, in my wheelhouse of characters that I like. Mm -hmm. Um, He's sort of, like, constantly complaining and put upon and... um, kind of curmudgeonly even though he's like yeah, a teenager. Yeah, I love Sokka. I always Me go too. back and forth between which one of these characters ends up being my favorite and Sokka kind of always edges out for multiple reasons that we'll get into later in the show. But I I I just I love him. He, he's he's such a he is such a grump. I love it. I feel like I really liked him a lot. I feel like Sokka is I mean like he's one of my favorites, but I feel like he and I are too close to being the same person. <laughs> so my favorite is Iroh. Yes, I love him mm-hmm. too. He is pretty great. Um the other thing about this section that I thought was interesting, so this is, you know, I guess I guess I had a lot of unspoken assumptions about the show before I started. You know, I knew that there were the elements and I knew that there was like bending. Um, and I guess I just assumed that everybody was a bender. Like if you were part of the water tribe, then you could bend water. Mm -hmm. Uh, but apparently not because Katara is apparently the only one. And then I thought, okay, well if she's, you know, one of the only ones or whatever, then, it's got to be really cool. Like bending is like a really cool thing that you can do, but her brother is just like, he treats it like it's a childish, you know, indulgent pursuit that doesn't have any real worth. And so that was interesting to me too, because in this society that she lives in, like water bending isn't really a big deal, even though she's the only one who can do it right now. Well, and they kind of live on an iceberg. Yeah. It is, yeah. it is true that not everyone can bend, but in this universe, all of the air nomads can airbend. Like, everyone born into the air nomads can bend air, but not okay. everybody living in any of the other kingdoms or nations or whatever they are can bend. And this is a bit of a trivia thing, but according to the creators, it actually has to do with spirituality. Like, you're huh. kind of predisposed to it if you have a specific kind of spiritual nature um they never really explain it deeply but that's just kind of the blanket explanation that they go with is you know the air nomads are spiritually enlightened so everybody can airbend Mm -hmm. but the everyone else is just kind of kind of sprinkled in and out of the population yeah so that was like the first like dismantling of an assumption that i had about the show i guess so that was kind of interesting um So from there, um, so there's the shaft of light that comes out of the iceberg, um, and the shaft of light is seen by a young man standing on the deck of a huge battleship. The left side of his face is badly scarred. Prince Zuko has been searching for the Avatar for a long time. His uncle Iroh tries to temper his excitement, but Zuko doesn't need any calming tea. He needs to capture the Avatar. Um, And we mentioned Uncle Iroh just moments ago, and he's pretty great. He's... He is, I think he's legitimately the the greatest character in the series. But I also really love Zuko. I just, I love Zuko. He's, he's so awkward. I think that's my favorite thing about Zuko. 
Um, yeah. Because if it weren't for the, the scarred side of the, his face, he's sort of drawn kind of in like a hunky style. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's kind of like supposedly conventionally attractive, like I said, aside from the scarred half of his face. But he's just such, he's so awkward. Yeah. <laughs> and like angsty well, to the max. Like yes. he's made of angst. Oh, totally. <laughs> yes. Totally, totally, totally normal teenage boy. Um, and it's funny because I can tell already just from like this little introduction of him. So he's fire nation which are clearly the bad guys um and he's obviously being set up to be the antagonist but i already know i mean i don't know what's going to happen but i know that zuko is not the villain right like he's not the villain of the piece and i think that he's going to be one of these characters that is going to have a lot of growth and like not necessarily he'll like see the error of his ways and you know become a good person but that it there's a lot more to his character than just, you know, rawr, I'm the Fire Nation and I'm Just out of curiosity, what, made, what gave you that impression just from the show? I think um, a lot of things. I think that he's got the kind, wise, funny uncle. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, who is obviously like a fount of wisdom and genuinely loves him and um you know was protecting him and whatever there's there's more stuff with Zuko over the course of these two episodes um that just kind of raise more questions than have any answers but I don't know I just think in general he's just so young and so angry and so concerned with his honor and apparently he's been exiled and we don't really know what that's about yet but I'm assuming that at some point we'll find that out um, but it's just, he's so, he's so young and I, and I don't think that you would have somebody that young be your evil, like your true evil person. Like, I don't know. I just think he's, I think there's going to be more to him than what there is so far. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. That might be really embarrassing later on. No, well, this is a public record. So this is Kelly watching it for the first time and me and Mike probably holding our tongue, trying not to give anything away. You have no idea. Well, you guys get your, I know. you guys get your little, you guys get your little secret spoiler zone toward the end, but, uh, all right, we'll move on um, to remove the temptation. So, uh, back to Katara and Sokka, they shield themselves from the iceberg as it explodes and Katara catches the young boy inside and lowers him gently to the ground. He stirs and weakly says he needs to ask her something, come closer. As she leans into him, he eagerly asks if she'll go penguin sledding with him. (laughs) This is Aang and he is an airbender. His first order of business is to reunite with his flying bison, Appa. Then he offers Katara and Sokka a ride home. So, <laughs> this is Aang, and I have in my notes, um, pulling up my notes here, that um, we have, oh, our first booger joke. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the bison, Appa sneezes. Lest you forget, gets, this is a kid's show. <laughs> it is a kid's show. Uh, the bison sneezes and gets, you know, boogers all over Sokka, who Sokka out. gets shit on a lot in the first two episodes. He does. Poor Sokka. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that was sort of my notes. And then I have, could this be the avatar? (laughs) I guess we'll have to find out. The other thing I love is that, well, not that I love this in particular, but you know, Aang says, want to go penguin sledding with me. But later in the episode, you'll notice that they're penguin seals with like multiple arms. (gasps) Well, yeah, well, I have a whole big thing about the animals in this show, because, (laughs) like, the Appa the Bison looks just like a large sheepdog with, like, a, like, eight or six legs, I don't know. And a beaver tail. (laughs) And a beaver tail, yeah. And a beaver tail, yeah. And then later on, we've got the penguins with, like, the three flippers on each side, and the seal heads. They have, like, the whiskers and the muzzles, and, you know. So, yeah, the animals in this show are weird and it's weird that they give them like regular animal names like they it's a penguin but then you see the penguin and it is like some weird hybrid penguin seal thing i don't know uh well all the all the animals you'll see on the show are some sort of hybrid every single one they're all just built like that so mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like the first time you see this sort of weird hybrid penguin animal thing I think there were, like, other, like, tiger seals or something. Like, they're just kind of, like, in the background or something. But they're just sort of hybrid animals all over the place. Yeah. It is a feature. So that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
so so yeah so they're all gonna ride home on a flying bison uh, back on the battleship, Iroh heads to sleep and advises Prince Zuko to do the same. Even if the Avatar is alive, he says Zuko won't find him. His father, grandfather, and great-grandfather have all tried and failed. Zuko says that's because their honor didn't depend on it, and his does. And this is the first hint we get of Zuko's kind of tragic and or complex backstory. Um where he says his honor depends on it, and it's... Uh, I don't know why he's exiled. We don't find out at the end of this thing. If you, in case you can't tell, this really bothers me that we don't know why he's exiled. It bothers me that we don't know why he's exiled, and it bothers me that we don't know why the freaking Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> well, you just have to keep watching, Kelly. I know, I know. And I'm sure that those questions will be answered. I'm. I, it really upsets me when a show poses questions and then doesn't answer them granted uh, we've, um, we've spent like 20 minutes it's like 20 minutes worth of actual story time because <laughs> these are five episodes i know it's true it's true so we'll get there i'm just you know this is a this is a, a real time you know exploration of my thoughts and feelings <laughs> so i'm just pointing it out um so his honor depends on it uh we go back to Katara. She is curious because if Aang is an airbender, does he know what happened to the last Avatar? Aang oh so casually insists that he does not. Aang falls asleep. He dreams about getting caught in a storm with Appa and being sucked under the waves. As they drift further downward, Aang's eyes and tattoos glow white as he freezes himself and Appa in an iceberg. Katara wakes Aang from a bad dream. He's safe in her village, and everyone is waiting to meet him. As he pulls his shirt over his head, Katara notices his tattoos. So, again, you know, kind of leading us to believe that this is probably the Avatar. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Most likely. Um, the entire village is indeed waiting to meet him, and it's a small village. Katara's grandmother, Gran Gran, welcomes Aang, noting that they all believed airbenders were extinct. Basically, extinct is probably not a good word there, but we're all dead, that there were no more well, airbenders it's, it's, left. It's funny, because I actually made note of that, too. They're like, oh, we thought they went extinct. And I was like, if by extinct you mean that there was genocide. And I was yeah. like, this is a really dark show. <laughs> yeah. 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 That was one of the things that like caught my attention really quick about it, was even though it's a kid's show, it doesn't condescend to kids. Yeah. I agree. And it deals with a lot of big... I mean, in the first ten minutes, you know, Katara called her brother a sexist, and also there was mm -hmm. a genocide. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty dark. <laughs> but that's good. I like that, because yeah. it, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah, they don't pull well, any punches, that's not a good sure. thing, but... <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so they all believe that the airbenders were extinct or, you know, had been murdered. Um, <laughs> Aang offers proof. Aang offers proof by flying around with his glider, and everyone is impressed, except for Sokka, who insists that benders like Aang and Katara can't do much of anything except waste time. But Katara hopes that Aang can train her. Back on the ship, Iroh is putting Zuko through his bending paces. Iroh insists that power comes from the breath, not muscle, and demonstrates masterfully. Zuko doesn't have the patience for training anymore, not while the airbender is within reach. Iroh, though, will not be rushed from his meal. Everything about I, Iroh. I just want to stop real quick and point out that this show has an amazing amount of food in it. Yes, it does. And all of it seems so yeah. good. Yeah. It really does. It really, really does. Like, even the tea. I like shows that make me hungry. Yeah, me too. His, his jasmine tea and, you know, him sitting at the table and he's playing his game. And I just love mm -hmm. Iroh as a character. Like, everything about him is perfect. Yeah, he had to I have really that like roast duck. Too. He had yes, to have like, his mm -hmm. roast duck. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him, really? Not even a little. And I also love it because it's just, like, next-level trolling of Zuko. Yes. Because Zuko <laughs> is so, like, hot-headed and, like, ready to go. And it's just, like, his uncle just fucking with him. And it's great. Yep, nobody trolls Zuko <laughs> like Iroh can. It's true. <sighs> Sokka is in charge of village defense in his father's absence, but training is interrupted for a potty break. Aang's presence doesn't help either. He's too much of a distraction. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sokka doesn't have time for fun and games in the midst of a war, but Aang hasn't even ever heard of a war, and is much more interested in the penguin he just spotted. Katara offers to teach Aang to catch a penguin if he'll teach her waterbending. It's a deal, except Aang isn't a waterbender. But Katara is the only waterbender on the South Pole. There's no one else she can learn from. Aang offers to fly Katara to the North Pole where the other water tribe lives. Surely they have waterbenders who could teach her. She's never left home before, but Katara will think about it. In the meantime, penguin sledding. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like this is really... I think they're they're doing a lot in this first episode to really build up the character of Aang as a child. Um, You know, I mean, all of them are adolescents. We don't really ever get specific ages, but you probably think, you know, Katara is probably, what, like 13, maybe? Um, 12 or 13. Sokka's probably a little bit older. Um, You know, and Aang is probably like 10, 11, 12, maybe? I think they say Um, Aang's Aang flat out says he's 12. Or, oh, does yeah. he? Okay. Maybe not and this episode. he also episode. refers to Zuko as a teenager. Yeah. That might and, be in the next yeah. episode, though. I think age-wise, I think Katara is 14, Sokka is 15, and I think Zuko is mm-hmm. 16. So they're a little bit older than Aang, who's like 12. Yeah. And I feel like they're really playing up, not, not that he's childish, but that he is a child and that he has this fascination with having fun and doing these things and you know the whole kind of joke where his first lines were like you know i have to tell you something uh let's go sledding you know and now it's (laughs) like he's very excited about this penguin sledding thing and katara seems much more serious and much more you know concerned with you know learning to become a bender and do all these more serious things um and so they're really positioning ang here as like the more child like one of the main characters that we've met so far. I also think that has to do with his airbender nature, because the sort of kind of light, sprightly, airy kind of nature that he has. And they, the creators, this is more trivia, the creators have sort of specifically said that Aang is a trickster figure, that he kind of approaches things sideways, he doesn't do things directly, he kind of comes at it from different angles. So that is just Aang as a personality, and I think you're, you're seeing the groundwork for that in, in these first mm-hmm. couple of episodes. It's also worth yeah. mentioning that um, the entire Air Nation and a lot of other characters in the show, this permeates, um, they're very clearly based off of Buddhist monks. Like, if you look at them, it's the same color pattern. If you've ever been to a Buddhist temple, um, they wear the beads, they have, you know, a lot of the same food. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so and names, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think their names are kind of clearly based on, like, the Tibetan language, as opposed to some of the other members kind of have slightly more East Asian-inspired names. And just to note that they did really good research on this, because all of the Chinese characters in the show are real Chinese characters. Really? So, yeah, they're real. Um, unlike the live-action movie we will not name... But this show actually, so, you know, when Katara has her opening prologue and says, you know, air, water, or whatever, behind all the figures Uh bending, you see the characters for, (coughs) excuse me, each of the nations. So, Uh like, it says, like, water is, um, I think water is. No, it's air is harmonious, and it's like water, and like fire is fierce, and earth is strong, and so it, it mm-hmm. specifically uh, says something, and it is actually like an older form of Chinese characters, like kind of a little bit more archaic than the sort of typical script that you see, but they, they did their research really, really well. Wow. Oh, also, um, Monk Yatso, his name, uh, he shares a name with the current Dalai Lama. Yes. The current Dalai yeah. Lama's name is Gyatso Tenzin. Oh. Yeah. 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 So penguin sledding happens. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they land in front of a Fire Navy ship locked in the ice. Katara warns Aang that the ship could be booby-trapped and has haunted her tribe for generations, but Aang tells her that if she wants to be a bender, she has to let go of fear. As they explore the inside of the ship, Katara asks how long Aang was trapped in the iceberg. Only a few days, he thinks, but Katara's sure it must have been longer, at least a hundred years. 
As they start to leave, they set off a booby trap, sending a huge flare into the sky. Aang grabs hold of Katara and flies them out through a hole in the ceiling. Meanwhile, miles away, Zuko sees the flare and watches two figures descend from the wreckage. The Avatar is in his grasp. And that is the end of the first episode. Yay! Yay! Yay. So, do you guys have any favorite moments or quotes from this episode? Um, Katara calling Sokka sexist. Absolutely. hundred percent the best because you know what it was it, it, because so, so I had mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm reluctant. I was like, okay, I'm watching this show. Here we go. And I've like got it on. I'm sitting there watching it with my, my little notepad and it starts and I'm kind of like, nah, okay, okay, okay. And that was the first thing that happened that I did not expect to happen. <laughs> like it completely, it completely made me sit up and take notice. It wasn't you know, it was just, I was like, wow, really? <laughs> okay. Um, and so I started to pay a little bit more attention after that moment. So, yeah, mine is just, um, <laughs> he's like, to see my flying bison. And then Sokka just goes, sure. And this is Katara, my flying sister. <laughs> it just everything about Sokka's delivery and the way they animate his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. Um, both actually, both Sokka and Katara have kind of really great facial expressions. They're just kind of mugging at the camera a lot. <laughs> I love the animation in general. Actually, that's something that I wanted to bring up. I can't. I I do not. Um, I'm not a visual arts person and so I don't have the language to kind of describe what it is that I like about it or talk about it in any kind of a nuanced way but I did notice and appreciate the animation itself um I really liked it it's funny because I think the animation gets much much better like exponentially better by the end of the show I was just thinking that uh because she one of my notes is that Katara looks so young and yeah. it's that thing of, like, if you watch early seasons of, like, The Simpsons or whatever, the animation looks slightly different because they haven't sharpened it up yet. Um, yeah. The mm-hmm. animation definitely gets better. Oh, so that's interesting. So if I liked it from here, it'll be interesting to see it get even better as it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think because, like, watching this, I was sort of not shocked, but it was that thing you said, Mike, about seeing early, like, early seasons of another animated TV show was kind of like, oh, mm-hmm. slightly different. Not bad. It's not like the characters are off model or anything like that. It's just it looks less polished, I think, than it gets yeah. later on. It it just uh-huh. looks incredible later on. I will say that the sound um editing, the music, the background music specifically, is probably my favorite thing, especially in these first two episodes where it's all just set up. Um yeah, yeah I don't know. They there's just gorgeous music in the background of everything in this show. It always makes me sad they never released an official Avatar The Last Airbender, like, soundtrack. <laughs> Their really? marketing has not been terrific overall, no. to be honest. No. Like, yeah. they, I don't know why, but they can't market the show to save their friggin' lives. Yikes. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. I always hate that when there's something that I love and people just don't do what they should do with it. Um, yeah, those are yeah. my favorite moments from this first episode. Or do you want to go on to the second one? Because it is really oh, part two of the... Sorry, real quick. My favorite yeah. line is, he's he, that kid has to pee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got to pee. Sometimes you just really have to go. Right. And you can't, you know. Like I said, it's true. again, lest you forget this is a kid's show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> There was one other general thing that I noticed that, again, I feel like will probably come into play more often, but since I don't know what's going to be important or what's going to be explained or not or what, I figured I'd just, you know, blurt out all my thoughts. Um, so I've noticed that, you know, when Katara is doing her water bending in the opening scene, she's doing, she's really focused and concentrating. She's doing a lot of hand movements. And I know that they're setting her up as a real novice. So she's, you know, she has no one to teach her. She's kind of learning on her own. Um, but her bending seems really tied to the physical movements that she does. Whereas Aang doesn't seem at this point to need anything to bend air. He just does it, you know, like when he's first broken free of the iceberg, he just like lifts himself up on air And that's how they realize that he's an airbender. But he doesn't do any specific hand movements or body movements or anything to 
to make that happen. It just does. And I don't know if that's unique to him because he's the Avatar or if that's an airbender thing or what. So I think it's ex- based on the... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, JJ. Oh, no, no, no. Um, I'm just going to explain a little bit about the bending styles. and They are sure. based on real martial arts. So um, in, in my DVD features, they they talked to the guy who basically choreographed all the fight and bending scenes, um, who is a martial artist. Uh, they call him Sifu Kisu. And so water bending is actually based on Tai Chi. So a lot of the kind of like really smooth, fluid movements and kind of a lot of like arms and kind of, you know, drawing things up is very much like, you know, kind of goes with the element of water. And so they based water bending on Tai Chi. Fire bending, as you kind of see, like Zuko and Iroh do, is based on Northern Shaolin Kung Fu. So it's kind of a lot of dynamic movements and kicks and kind of like arm punches and things like that. So kind of like... Yeah, it's known for fierce strikes. Yeah. Um, quick movements. And very dynamic, kind of like the way fire is supposed to be. And then air bending is a, another form of Kung Fu called Pagua. And they're called circle walkers. So the mm-hmm. point of Pagua is not actually to be offensive. It's to kind of avoid... You, you move a lot. You move around people. You move... That's kind of the way mm-hmm. Anne moves. So I don't know if it was this one or maybe the third episode, but you see him fighting Zuko. Yeah, it's, numbered, it's the next yeah, one. Yeah, and he gets behind Zuko, and he puts his hands on his spine, and that's to prevent Zuko from actually being able to attack him. And that's actually a style of Kung Fu as well. So they thought mm-hmm. really hard about if what these types of elements would be bent, what sort of martial arts they would look like. So we haven't gotten to the Earth Kingdom yet, but they also have a, a specific form of martial arts associated with their bending. Okay. Good to know. So that was the first episode. It really does seem more like a two-parter. So let's go right into episode two, mm-hmm. uh, which is The Avatar Returns. Everyone is happy when Aang and Katara return to the village. Everyone except Sokka, who blames Aang for setting off the flare and alerting the Fire Nation to their whereabouts. Katara tries to defend him, but even Grand Grand agrees that the airbender needs to leave. But Aang, if Aang is banished, Katara is determined to go with him. Aang doesn't want to come between Katara and her family, so he thanks her for taking him penguin sledding and heads off with Appa alone. Although Grand Grand tries to comfort her, Katara walks off angrily. She's lost her only chance to become a real waterbender. Sokka gets serious about guard training in preparation for the Fire Nation's arrival. No potty breaks this time. (laughs) I have, in my notes, I have, that kid is well hydrated. (laughs) As they stop to rest, Aang and Appa each lament that they liked Katara. In the distance, Aang sees a Fire Navy ship heading right for the village. Sokka... Sokka and Zuko both suit up for battle. So we have this kind of like alternating back and forth as they each like get their armor on and get ready. And it's so clear that Zuko is so much more equipped for this upcoming confrontation than Sokka (laughs) is. Um, But I love Sokka very much. I do too. He's Um, Everything kind of comes. It's like Sokka. If he had a theme song, it would be wah wah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Sokka, but I love him. <sighs> His face paint looked Sokka. pretty badass. I thought. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, he was like, he is not playing around. He's serious. Um, and so apparently, so I didn't really mention this in the previous recap, but so apparently, Sokka is kind of in charge. Because his father and all of the other adult men in the village have left to fight the Fire Nation um, at the war that's happening somewhere. I don't know. I mean, again, this is just all my initial impressions based on, you know, the limited information that I have at this time. So I'm just throwing it out there. But it kind of seems to me like they're never coming back. Um, I could that's be wrong about that. such a realization for episode two. I know, right? I mean, that's that's like my gut feeling. I could be wrong. They could be, you know, come back a little wounded and, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I, I get the feeling that this is kind of it. And so, um, you know, Sokka is literally the last line of defense for his village. It's, it's um, 
dark. Because, again, like, mm-hmm. you know, the first episode pretty much kind of tiptoes around the fact that there's genocide. There's an actual right. genocide of a race of people. And then this one, all that's left are the old, infirm women and the children and Sokka. That's it. That's mm-hmm. it. He is literally the the man of the tribe, and he's this, like, mm-hmm. awkward, gangly adolescent who... But he's he's embraced it, you know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, I'm it, and I'm gonna, you know, do whatever. Because, you know, what happens next, if I go back to the recap, is Sokka stands alone atop the wall of ice that surrounds his village. The wall begins to crumble as the Fire Navy ship breaks through the ice. Sokka is no match for Zuko, who demands to know where they're hiding the Avatar. Um you know, and it's like he gets knocked down and the wall crumbles and, you know, he still gets back up and tries, like, continually tries to take on Zuko. And it's just, I mean, there's just no way. Yeah, Zuko's, like, pretty much bored in that fight. Yeah, yeah. There, he's not even trying, really, you know. But I love the boomerang. Yeah, me too. This <laughs> is Zuko the first time and then, like, two minutes later you see this little glint in the sky and then it just... <laughs> Dying. <laughs> just hits Zuko right in the head. So Zuko demands to know where they're hiding the avatar, and Aang arrives on the back of a penguin, knocking Zuko off his feet. <laughs> um, Zuko cannot believe that Aang is the avatar. He's just a child. Well, Zuko is just a teenager, <laughs> which is an astute observation. <laughs> Um, Aang will go with him if they promise to leave the villagers alone. He tells Katara not to worry about him and boards the ship headed for the Fire Nation. So, at this point in the show, the show has not officially confirmed that Aang is the Avatar yet. It's kind of leading us to believe that that's what's going on, because who else would this kid be? Um... But it hasn't confirmed it yet, and so as of right now, you know, he's essentially, he's just a child, and he's so, um, he, I mean, he just, he does, he's not upset, he's not scared, he's not, like, he's very nonchalant, and he's very, like, sure, I'll totally go with you, yeah, you know, he's, like, very, like, when he sees the village, um, about to be attacked, he returns right away, and kind of strides in there and is like, okay, cool. So I'll just go with you guys if that'll make you happy. And it's like, it's not, it's not like a melodramatic thing. And it's not like this big sacrifice. It's just very like casual, (laughs) which was a supreme amount of confidence. I, I thought, you know, I don't know. It was just, I think it's confidence, but I think it's also just Aang being completely ignorant as to the state of Mm -hmm. things in in the world at the moment. (laughs) Uh-huh. True. true. When you're Rip Van Winkle um, and you emerge a hundred years later, you're going to miss a lot of things. But I also think that's just his personality. He's just happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Katara insists that they have to go save Aang, but for once, Sokka doesn't need any convincing. Grand Grand offers them supplies and her blessing. Katara brought her once-dead hope back to life, and Appa is ready for the journey, too. On the Fire Navy ship, Zuko thinks the Avatar's staff will make an excellent gift for his father. He tells Iroh to put it in his quarters, and Iroh immediately pawns the task off on someone else. (laughs) 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 Because Iroh is the best. Yep. He really is. Aang bets that the guards have never fought an airbender before, and that he can take them both with his hands tied behind his back. He is not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He like Uh, blows them into the wall. Like he just takes a deep breath and, Ooh, and they slam right into the wall. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, again, this is the, we're about to get into the first real fight scene of the show in a minute. We've seen Zuko kind of like training with this very forceful um, fire bending. But other than that, we haven't seen Katara or Aang use their bending for um, to fight or to defend themselves or anything like that. It's just, you know, been kind of doing um, everyday things or showing off or having fun or whatever. Um, and it's interesting to see it used 
you know, as a, as a weapon, as a means of attack or defense. And I can see what JJ was saying earlier about, um, the style of martial arts that airbending is based on being about movement and about avoiding and about, um, you know, just, just that, that is really used in the animation in this upcoming fight scene. I actually thought that the animation, like there was a huge jump in quality when it came to the fight scenes. Agreed. <laughs> it's like they got more in-betweeners or something, or the frame rate's higher or something, but it just looked a lot smoother all of a sudden. Yeah. <sighs> Katara and Sokka are trying in vain to get Appa to fly, but they only manage to drift along in the water. At last, Sokka remembers the words that Aang used. Yip, yip! And they're <laughs> off. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the Fire Navy ship, Aang is looking for his staff. He finds it in Zuko's room, but Zuko is also there waiting. They fight. They are almost evenly matched, but Aang has a slight edge. He makes his way to the deck of the ship and is about to fly off with his glider, but Zuko grabs his ankle. Just then, Appa appears. Aang tries to escape, is knocked into the water, and begins to sink. Katara screams for him, and suddenly Aang's power ignites. His eyes and tattoos glow white, and he creates a giant whirlpool of water that shoots him to the surface and wipes out most of the Fire Nation soldiers. Aang is waterbending. So this is kind of like our first confirmation from the show, even though we've known it from minute one. But this is Aang doing something other than waterbending. This is him. This is the proof that he's the Avatar, because only the Avatar can use all the elements Right. Is there anyone? I guess this is kind of like a spoilery question, but is there any? Is there anybody who can bend like some of the like two of the elements, but not all of no. them? Or no. is it you can only do your own thing unless you are the yeah. avatar? You can only yeah, do your own unless you're the avatar. There's some slight variations on certain bending styles, but you can only do your own thing. Yeah. Yeah. Appa, Katara, and Sokka rescue Aang. Sokka retrieves Aang's staff and takes the opportunity to clunk Zuko in the head a few times, courtesy of the Water Tribe. (laughs) (laughs) That noise, it's like, doink, doink, doink. (laughs) It's like the classic animated noise. Right. Uh, The Fire Nation starts to recover and get in position to fight, but Katara fends them off with her waterbending skills. At last, Appa flies off with Sokka, Katara, and Aang on his back. On the ship, Iroh and Zuko both send a massive bolt of fire after Appa, but Aang deflects it and sends it back to the ship. The good news is that if the the good news is that the Avatar is just a kid. The bad news is that he did all this. Zuko will not underestimate him again. Now safe, Katara wants to know why Aang didn't tell them that he was the Avatar. It's because he never wanted to be. Katara insists that the world needs him and has been waiting for him. He needs to master water, then earth, then fire. So if they go to the North Pole, both Aang and Katara can study under waterbenders. Even Sokka will probably get to knock some firebender heads together on the way. Aang agrees, but before he'll learn waterbending, he has serious business to attend to, like riding hopping llamas and surfing on koi fish and riding hog monkeys and, and, and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that is the end of episode two. So, which so one and two together kind of act as the pilot for the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah pretty much. Um. So yeah, did you guys have any thoughts about that last little bit of plot or anything else about episode two that you wanted to talk about? I just love Sokka's line. I'm just a guy with a boomerang. I didn't ask for all this magic. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I have that one. I also have. You just love taking me out of my comfort zone, don't you? <laughs> the dialogue is pretty good in this show. <laughs> and it's, I also, it's just the way Sokka is animated, too. You, like, when you see him in the background when so- and Katara has accidentally frozen his feet to the deck, and he's mm-hmm. just chipping away at, at the ice with his boomerang. He's <laughs> just, like, trying to free himself. Like, every second I said, I just look at Sokka and it's like, wah, wah. <laughs> oh, this was also the first episode that had the normal intro. The first one had, yeah. like, Katara doing something else, but the rest of the time it's just this. Yes. 
Actually, that is true. So technically, the show spoils you that av- uh, that Aang is the Avatar before they actually confirm it. Because in the new intro, she's like, "Aang is the Avatar, and I believe he can save the world, or whatever." That's um, funny because, like, I actually did mention in that notes, and I was like, "Seriously? Like, no one suspected he was the Avatar before this?" <laughs> <laughs> like, all of the air, all of the air nomads have pretty much been gone for a hundred years, and then suddenly this mm-hmm. air nomad kid, like appears out of nowhere so you're kind of like hmm yeah so I don't know if you guys can be objective because you've seen it so many times but if you can try to think back to the first time that you saw this show what did you think of these two episodes as as a pilot as an introduction to the show and even now like in hindsight knowing what you guys know about the show and where it goes how do you feel is this a good introduction to what Avatar The Last Airbender is yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. It's um, it's not the easiest sales pitch to make. Like something about this show is just hard to, I don't know, impart to other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's because it's like a level of quality that you don't normally see in, especially animation. Um, but by the end of the second episode, um, I mean I'm a sucker for origin stories. I always have been. Um, but yeah, by the end of it, once he did that thing where his mm-hmm. you know tattoos glowed and he was a waterbender, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Mm-hmm. I want to see where this goes. I also think it does do really good job of just laying in the groundwork for the way the story is going to go. I mean, I think you get a pretty good sense of what all of the main characters are like. Just you, you do like mm-hmm. from the get go, pretty much. You you get a sense of what these personalities are like. You know, Katara. You know, is determined. She's also somewhat maternal. You know, she's kind of the person who takes care mm-hmm. of people. For sure. Um, and then there's Sokka, who is always trying to do, you know, his best, and he's also kind of, neat, like, he needs to prove himself to be the man of, not like the man in, like, the sort of macho kind of way, but he needs to prove that he can take care of his family. And then you have Aang, who is, like you said, like a child, but he's also a pretty powerful child. And I think you get a pretty uh-huh. good sense of what he is like as a person, and then you get, of course, Zuko and Iroh. So I think... Just as an introduction to these characters, they do really, really, really good job of kind of in a in a small amount of space, kind of giving you exactly who they are. Um, and also, I think they do a very good job just giving you the structure of the show, because Katara tells Aang, you need to learn water, then earth, then fire. <laughs> so guess That's which true. direction the seasons are going in. <laughs> <laughs> They're even labeled that way. Yeah. Season one is book yeah. two is water. Yeah. This is book one water, so you can tell that Aang is going to spend this season learning how to water bend. Um, so I, I just there's a lot of really good storytelling in there, and I was actually I had read this interview with um, the creators of the show, and they were, you know, when they were pitching the show to Nickelodeon. First of all, it's kind of amazing that Nickelodeon even picked this up, because agreed. What yeah. kind of pitch would they have? given like can you imagine that room just being like so i have the show um it's like set in this like kind of martial arts wuxia kind of world but it's like for kids and then it, it's, it must have been a asian difficult. middle earth yeah yeah um but they were committed from the beginning of having only three seasons they said they they wanted mm-hmm. a beginning a middle and an end um which i think is really smart and i think that's a big reason for why I think the show is as actually as well paced as it is. I think the show is remarkably well paced um, because I think the the quote is actually from Brian Konitzko and he's sort of like, so you know, like someone comes up to you and and says, "I have the greatest story in the world and I'm going to tell it to you," and they're like, "But it has no end." <laughs> You're not going to want to watch that. So they were very clear from the very start that they wanted three seasons. They were going to tell the whole story in three seasons. That was it. And I think that's really smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I, I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I, there are other shows that I love that were not that smart, and the quality definitely deteriorates as it goes on. Yeah, there are a lot of animation um, influences. If you're aware of them, or if you're not, I can kind of elucidate some of them. They were both extremely influenced by Hayao Miyazaki. If you can't tell, for sure. Um, Mm-hmm. Like even the the character of Grand Grand, just 
looks yeah. like a Miyazaki character. Like, just oh, yeah. the way her face is drawn, the way she kind of right. is a grump. Um, and also, Appa is clearly like the cat bus in My Neighbor Totoro. With all the yes. Yeah, yes. they've said that in interviews. Um, so there's, there's a lot of Miyazaki influence in there. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Do you guys have any other thoughts? I I mean, as in terms of, like, as a pilot, because it is the pilot and it is my first exposure to the show, I have to say I am enjoying it a lot more now that I'm talking to you guys about it. <laughs> I... Um, so I watched I watched each episode twice. I watched it once the first time through, and I didn't really take any notes or you know try to um, focus on anything but watching the show. And then I watched it again a second time several days later, and that's kind of when I went in and took my notes and um, you know was more critical or um, focusing on you know paying attention to it in that way. Um, and both times that I watched these two episodes, I was really bored. (laughs) I was bored, you guys. I was. I was like, I was. I was, it was like one of those things where I like, I kept looking across the room at my phone and like wishing I had my phone in my hand and like (laughs) looking and they're short episodes. They're not long, but I was just kind of like, okay, okay, okay. Um, I would not say that I disliked it. Um, when I was watching it, I would say that if I wasn't watching it for a podcast, uh, with the two of you, if after you both begged me for years and years and years to watch this (laughs) show, um, if not for those specific circumstances, I would not have continued watching it after the pilot. Um, but having just gone through it all and kind of like recapped it and talked to you guys about it, I'm actually like much more excited about it. kind of want to go back and watch it again and see if it if I would enjoy it more now and I don't know why that is I don't know if like your enthusiasm has rubbed off on me or it's it's kind of hard I think to give a fair shake to the show and I've said this before too to some of my friends who I've like forced Avatar upon as well um but that the show actually gets better and I I still think that season one is book one is solid but it just like every mm-hmm. season gets better and richer and deeper and more complex um mm-hmm. and it and it does it feels organic that's the other thing it doesn't feel cheap or like all of a sudden they got a much bigger budget it doesn't feel like that it feels like the story is just naturally getting deeper and more complex um but like you know i which you don't have the luxury of doing, Kelly, but I just binged it. Because if if it was uh-huh. boring to me in the beginning, I don't remember it because, you know, they're so short that I just kind of, you know, hit next, hit next, hit next. And when you've watched, like, six episodes, you get a much bigger chunk of the story. And I think that uh-huh. in itself just kept me more invested than, I think, just watching maybe, like, one or two episodes at a time. Yeah. And I have to say, too, like, in general, no matter what show it is, pilots are yeah, hard, hard because you have to yeah. introduce a lot of information. You have to introduce the whole world and all the main characters and what the general story is going to be. And, like, it's a lot of work. And most pilots are not the best episodes of the show that follows them, right. you know? Um, and so I'm sure there's quite a bit of that at play, too. Um, but I guess in at the conclusion of you know, talking through it with you guys, I guess I'm glad that you're forcing me to do it, because now I kind of want to watch more, even though I didn't when we started recording. Well, I mean, before you started talking to us, where did you think the story was going to go, based on the end of the pilot? And It's not that I thought it was going to be any different. I thought it was going to be, you know, pretty much exactly what it is, and exactly, you know, what came out in our conversation. I guess that it's just when I was talking about it and saying all these things out loud... I realized that that was interesting stuff. <laughs> like, like oh, as wait, I was talking I like about it, as, right? No, like I'm like it kind of sounds ridiculous, but it's true. Like as I was talking about Zuko, and as I'm talking about like all the other things that I really like about it, you know, I'm like, I kind of started getting into it as I, I like talked myself into it. <laughs> Where I was kind of like, oh, this is interesting though, and there's like potential for like really complex character development and like, you know, I, so I kind of like, it's not that I didn't, it's not that it, ex, it opened my eyes to anything that I didn't realize was there. It's just that 
I guess I didn't realize I was interested in those things. Sure. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) I do think Um, that the show's strength is its characters, for sure. I think that's... Definitely. That is definitely, I think, what keeps me going, what kept me going, even if I wasn't sure where the the story was going or anything, or if I was just kind of confused. I just liked the characters. I liked the way they interacted with each other. Like I said, in particular Sokka, who I love, I just was like, oh, you're just adorable. (laughs) 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 Wah, wah. Yeah. Um, I've so got a one few other favorite thing. lines real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. One, yeah, yeah. Um, when Sokka goes to fight Zuko in, when Zuko shows up at the village, <laughs> one of the little kids throws Sokka a spear and just yells, Show no fear! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, and in, in terms of, like, actual, like, deep down favorite, I this is the first time that um, I watched this and really noticed this line. Uh, Grand Grand was helping them pack up their canoe to go find Aang, you know, whatever. And she says, you have a long journey ahead of you. You know, take care of your sister, Sokka, be nice to her, that kind of thing. But it was the first time that I was like, oh, that, like, I felt that. Like, they have a long journey ahead of them, and I know what it is. Yeah, no, it, yeah, it's very long. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I will say that I was really moved, um, or or I don't know if moved is the right word, because I was really bored while it was happening, but now when I'm talking about it, it I think it's really... I'm being honest. Um, now that I think about it, it really is such a huge deal that Sokka is going with them. I'm really glad that he is. I think um, that he'll bring a lot of needed... Um, comic relief, and I like him as a character, and I'm really excited about that, but we were talking earlier about he is, you know, the only quote-unquote man of his village. He's the only person defending them, trying to organize him. I mean, it's that it's that potty kid now. It's <laughs> <like> <laughs> that, that, that kid is now in charge of defending that village, so we really better hope that Zuko doesn't send anybody back there to wipe him out um, in, you know, a fit of petulant rage or anything. So, like, he's really leaving. I think they focused a lot on the show about, you know, Katara leaving behind her family and setting off to become this waterbender because it's her only chance and all this stuff. But, like, Sokka is equally leaving as much responsibility and, um, you know, almost his village is almost going to be worse off for it because he leaves. So I thought that was really interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know... Um, how you, which bender you guys think that you are, and I want you to tell me which one you think I am, because I obviously don't know enough to assign one to you're myself. A water bel- you're a waterbender, Kelly. Yeah, you're absolutely a waterbender. Like, no question. <laughs> like, no doubt. Um, I am an earthbender, like, without getting into spoilers. Um, there, a lot of them are very stubborn mm-hmm. and, like, making things, and that's me all over. Yeah. I always go back and forth on whether or not I am an airbender or a firebender. There are times when I think I am like a firebender, I'm very direct and I'm kind of like, you know, sort of forge ahead and kind of reckless in that way. But there are a lot of things about airbending where I'm just like, yeah, that seems like me. I <laughs> just kind of skip around things and like don't really address certain things if I don't want to and kind of generally sanguine personality is probably a pretty good descriptor Mm -hmm. of me so in that regard and it's not this particular two-parter that we're talking about but later when you see the flashbacks of the monks and you see monk Mm -hmm. Yatso and and he's like oh my ancient cake making technique is not the only thing on your mind me everything I know and he taught him everything he knows about baking <laughs> just, there's just like the sense of humor that the air nomads have is very much in line with mine I think <laughs> so I do I kind of go back and forth on whether or not I'm a firebender or or an airbender excellent well do you do the two of you have any secret spoilery thoughts you want to share because we've decided that you know if there's anything you wanted to talk about either about upcoming episodes of avatar or talk about my reactions that you can't share with me yet that i would kind of 
um, hide. I would take out my headphones for a little bit, and you guys could signal me when it was safe for me to come back in. So do you have anything like that this time? I have, or? Yeah, I have a couple. Mike, do you yeah, have any? I could, I could say uh, not, not too much, but yeah, we could take a minute and yeah, we can, spoil the hell out yeah. of this. Take your All headphones right, out. I am... <laughs> All right, I'm taking my headphones out. You, like, wave a okay. lot or something when you want me to come back. <laughs> Hi. Oh, hey. Was that fun? Yeah, it, it is. It, it is. Was a hoot. <laughs> it's fun holding something over your head, actually. <laughs> that actually was kind of fun. <laughs> That wraps up this week's installment of the Earth Kingdom Prairie Home Companion. Next week, we'll be talking about the episodes The Southern Air Temple, The Warriors of Kiyoshi, The King of Omashu, and Imprisoned. So be sure to tune in for newbie recaps, know-it-all nerdery, and general squeeing all around. As always, you can subscribe to us via iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your podcast provider of choice, or visit us at our website, earthkingdomradio.com. And if you like us, please rate and review when you get a chance, as it helps other listeners find the podcast. You can follow me, Kelly, at Bookish Chick on Twitter or Instagram. You can follow me, Mike, at Robo underscore Pants on Twitter. And you can follow me, JJ, at SJJones, that's S-J-A-E-J-O-N-E-S, on Twitter or my website, sjjones.com. Our theme music is Cattails by Kevin McLeod, and our logo was designed and created by our very own JJ. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Blooper fodder. Next week, we'll be covering the episode titles that I didn't look up. It is Southern Air Temple Warriors of Kyoshi, King of Omashu, and Imprisoned. So let's try that again. Okay. Take two. <laughs> That wraps up this week's installment of the Earth Kingdom Prairie Home Companion. Next week, we'll be covering the episodes The Warriors of Kyoshi... Nope. Fuck. <clears throat> Three-take Riley, that's what they call me. 